All right, I want to welcome everybody to another episode of the Sacramental Charismatic. My name is Luke Garrity, and I am a, uh, a wannabe pastor theologian. I'm pastoring a church in Northern California, but sometimes I feel like it's a wannabe pastor theologian in the world we live in. Uh, but yeah, I want to just welcome everybody to the show. And uh, before we get started, I wanted to mention a couple things. First of all, uh, hey, if you really enjoyed this podcast um, or if you found any of it helpful, please uh, like, subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Um, feel free to share it and please leave a review. The reviews actually help this podcast get out more. Um, when I started this podcast, which actually was about a year ago, um, the original goal was to talk a lot about uh, let's see, ecclesiology, pneumatology, miss, missiology, and sacramentality. And then I also said that I'd talk about whatever else I wanted because I was paying the bills around here. And uh, so I've been, I've been having a bunch of episodes in this month talking about Black History Month in this February 2021. And uh, I, I was just thinking about uh, how I love history. So first of all, I love history in general. Uh, but Black History is really exciting for me because I love, um, I love. Uh, history, but I also love uh, my history, and Black history is part of my history because there's been so many contributions that African Americans have made to this country, and I've really um, enjoyed uh, just the conversations I've been having. And so today, I'm super pumped, super honored to have Reese. Um, Reese, uh, it's not Hog, it's Hogue. Yeah. Right. <laughs> the third. And uh, man, I'm super glad that you, uh, we've been trying to do this for like, it feels like a year. I know it's not a year, but uh, but we've been trying to do this for a while, and it's good to finally connect with you. Welcome to the show, man. Definitely. Thank you. Thank you, Luke. I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, just from the episodes that I've I've watched uh, over the time you've been doing the podcast, I, I counted privilege and uh, a, uh, a you know an honor. I'm humbled by this. Well, I've been told by people uh, that. I had to have Reese on. Reese is a cool dude. And then I, 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 we've obviously been social media friends for a while. And uh, I just, I'm like, oh, that was brilliant. So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But, um, you know, actually, maybe before we even jump into uh, a conversation about various topics, um, I'd love to, you know, like this is our first time really talking. Uh, we've we've done a lot of chatting um, or texting or whatever. Yeah, you call yeah. It. But I'd love, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to maybe... Um, like, what are three things, just off the top of your head, what are three things that, that define you, like helping our listeners, our viewers, like know Reese? Um, like, what are the things that would help people know a little bit more about you? Three things that, that define me, man, I, <laughs> I don't think about myself that much. <laughs> but uh, I, I would say if I, if I had to, to pick three things um, that define me, I would say I'm definitely a, uh, a passionate person. Um, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm passionate. If you, if you get to know me, if you spend some time with me, you'll find that I'm, I'm passionate. And sometimes those passions can be uh, <laughs> a, a little intense, but I am passionate. And, uh, uh, the, the other thing is, man, I, I'm a person who realizes I'm loved by God, you mm. know, in spite of, 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 you know, anything in life that happens, I, I realize that I'm I'm loved by God, so I'm 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 a faithful 
man, you know, it's not it's not tooting my own horn. It's not mm-hmm. faithfulness because I'm like I'm I'm this pious dude that walks around just being faithful to God. Um, but it's it's uh it, it's it, the reason why I say faithful is because I'm full of faith. I'm 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 passionate, I'm full of faith. Um I don't I don't walk around beating people over the head with the Bible and 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 and, and talking about <laughs> you know church all day, but I am uh, full of faith, and, and I'll probably share a little bit about that with you a little later. Um, and and the the third thing is uh, I'm 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 loyal, you know. So the, those would be the three things: passionate, full of faith, and loyal. Um, that's just that, that's those, those are, are aspects. Things, yeah, those are all aspects that, and it's not me tooting my own horn or anything like that. But those are all aspects of of who I've become um mm. in this life that's that's you know that's really what uh god has allowed uh to be developed in me is 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 those those things mm. yeah uh, you know it's it's interesting how um i think one of the goals in life I, I this is just at least something i think about all the time is trying to trying to have everything be congruent in who we are you know like like and i i, I feel like we all wear different hats at yeah. times you know like I have, uh, I, I think I was talking about this with um, Donnell either in the last episode, either on the podcast or after. I was just talking about how there's certain social media platforms where I can be more myself than other oh, ones, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh, like, like Instagram's going to be pictures of the family, maybe sometimes like that. Um, but I was, just, I've been thinking a lot about that, how the goal is to have congruency or to have integration in every area. And just, you know, as an outside person who's reading your, um, social media, um, you know, on Facebook, for example, I, I think those three things that you just shared very much seem to be, um, who you are, because those would, those would be three words that I, I definitely would use to describe you based off of what I've seen. And, and that's, that's, a. I've, that's congratulations. Well done. You've, you've done it. You've gotten it all together. I'm still trying to figure that out. Hey, hey man, it's it's like you know, it's one of those things where I was thinking about earlier, like face Facebook or any type of social media platform. It's um, you know the, we can present ourselves however we want to be perceived uh, yeah. <laughs> sometimes. So uh, it's it's not just a, a social media uh, yeah. presentation, but I I. I I really believe that, um, I mean, those are things that just, you know, God has really developed in me over time. Mm-hmm. And it's not, you know, sometimes it's coming, kicking and screaming, but it's still coming. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that, I think that's, uh, I love how you're, you're given a hat, uh, you know, a hat tip or a nod to just grace, right? It's it yeah. is grace that at work and in your lives. Definitely. Plus I have to say you're, for those of you who are listening to this on, you know, any of the audio ways you're missing out on his dope glasses, probably the dopes glasses in the vineyard. Uh, just to let you know, okay, Reese, you, you need to know. My wife, my wife had a pair of white glasses that were really big. Yeah. And so she got, it became like her identity. Like she'd go everywhere and they, everywhere we went, it was always like, oh my gosh, I love your glasses. So when she got new glasses, people were like, where are your glasses? <laughs> it was like, her identity is more than her white glasses. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, hey, uh, maybe let's talk about Black History Month for a, a few more minutes here. Yeah, for um, sure. Because um, I, I had this, I had this awakening a couple of years ago. It, it, that movie Coco came out. Uh, I don't yeah. even remember when that came out, but yeah, like I went to it. And so I live, I live in California, like you do. I live in Northern mm-hmm. California, but um, there's a lot of Latinos in uh, around me, and I, you know, some of our close friends are Latino, and I've, 
I've become um, like I jokingly always say I should have been born Latino because I fit in to that culture so well. I just everything about it is so fascinating to me and beautiful, um, especially the food. I ain't going to lie. But I was at Coco, oh, yeah. the movie, <laughs> and, and there, I was watching that movie. And first of all, I loved the movie. It was really, really, really entertaining. But there was this Latino family behind me. And in the aisle was this like six-year-old or five-year-old girl. And she was, she knew all the songs. Um, she knew like everything in that movie was embodying her culture. And to, when I looked back and saw the smile on her face and, and um, just saw how proud she was that she was in a movie um, that, that was like connected to her culture, yeah. her ethnicity and her culture. Like I, something happened inside of me. I was like, I, I feel like I got it a little bit more. I was like, oh, this is one more example of how um, certain people groups haven't been represented as much as other people yeah. groups and how it's such a powerful thing. So that was the first thing. And then the second thing was uh, Chadwick Boseman's um, Black Panther, you know, and, yeah. and uh, Chadwick passed away um, last year. And it was like I, I, devastating to uh, many of us. But but I, but my son, my youngest son, who is uh, six, uh, for I think it was like three years in a row, two years in a row, he was Black Panther on Halloween. Yeah, and and uh, and I just was like really proud to know that there are there are um, different roles now in in our society that are that are um, from non-white people, from people of color, uh, and that we can both um, look up to them, celebrate them, and then also if we're part of that culture and that ethnicity, it's another person that we can emulate. And so that to me, when I think about Black History Month. Um, for me, that's a part of why Black History Month is so important. It just seems like we need to have spaces. It's not the only space. And I think we need to flesh that out all year yeah. long, as many different people have uh, said. And it's always the the concern I've got about something like this. It's like, I don't want to just do this in February. I want to have diverse perspectives and voices at all time. But for you, why is Black History Month an important uh, month to celebrate? And, you know, what, what, like, what, what, comes to your heart and to your mind when you think about about that month this month um so my my <laughs> experience with black history month over the years has been kind of a love-hate relationship mm -hmm. um at, at one point uh i i i found it to be uh, almost offensive that um there was a month that was uh you know designated for black history um mm -hmm. when much of black history has taken part throughout you know the the last 400 years of occupation of the of the uh north of north america and so um mm. that being you know relegated to uh you know one month out of the year the shortest month out of the year uh you know is often oftentimes we 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 look at as well we we pay attention to that that it's the shortest month out of the year that uh, mm. was chosen for Black History Month and he, any other significance is not really uh present with with uh with February being the month that was chosen but um at the same time finding myself uh you know disappointed in the fact that oftentimes that's the only time we pay attention to black history um as as we call it um also on the on the other side of things is that uh, I have an appreciation. I've I've learned to, or I've developed an appreciation for Black History Month, and that has been in lieu of the frustrations and things of the past. Uh, but I have an appreciation because I find that 
many times people are willing to listen, um, you know, especially in the last few years, people have been uh, willing to listen. And I'm not just talking about white people, you know, because that's mm-hmm. that's normally the conversation is we need to get white people to listen to us. And and yeah. and and. Um, when we talk about things like white supremacy, when we talk about those those subjects, it's not just um, it, it's not just convincing the majority race in the United States to to listen. But I think even in general, you know, people of color, um, especially black people that have <clears throat> excuse me, at, at they have have to or we have to at some point uh, develop in appreciation for the things that have taken place throughout the history of the United States Mm -hmm. in regards to black people. And Mm -hmm. much of that being frustrate frustrating because of um, things like slavery, Jim Crow and all Mm -hmm. the things that have gone on um, and and that have been perpetrated against uh, black people, you know, for so long, those things are frustrating. Mm -hmm. I, (laughs) I myself can't watch a, uh, a movie uh, from the civil rights era or from the slavery era or any of that without mm-hmm. developing some internal sense of anger in that moment. A lot of times <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll watch a movie or something and just be reminded of, 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 uh, all the things that went on. I I'm, I'm a descendant of slaves. You know, I'm, I'm actually, uh, the third generation from mm. slavery. My father was born in 1937. His father was born, uh, in 1900 and everyone previous to that was born into slavery. So, mm-hmm. um, I'm, 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 a, a descendant of, uh, a direct descendant of, of slavery, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, of enslaved people. And so, yeah. uh, many of the times when I watch these things, this is me, uh, reminiscing or, or, or thinking back to times when my family was treated in those mm. ways, you know, whether it's mm. it's back to, uh, you know, pre-Civil War or uh, all the way in, you know, until now, you know, mm. a lot of the, the police brutality and things that have taken place in the last few years. Um, those things, being reminded of those things often angers me. And at, and at times I, I have to I have to sit it out like like the movie um, when they see us. I still haven't watched that flick. I haven't watched it. I'm 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 getting close to it. I might bring myself to watch it and I'll explain uh why uh in a moment here. But uh for me, sometimes those films are so painful that I have to sit back after watching them and just kind of stay at home for a little while for, for a day or so. Mm-hmm. Uh or I feel so intense I want to go out and I just want somebody to look at me wrong so I can mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> so I can pop you're gonna, you're gonna en- you're gonna I'm looking enact for a God's, fight. <laughs> you're gonna enact God's just justice yeah. right there. <laughs> yes. Yes, my righteous indignation wells up. <laughs> oh, but um but mm. you know for for me uh a big part of that, and I don't know how much you know about this, um, about four years ago at this point, um, my son, my oldest son, was killed. And mm, I did he, not know that. Yeah, he was killed. He was, uh, he was stabbed. And it took place right here in Ridgecrest, California. And uh, after he was killed, after he was stabbed, he, he was taken to the hospital. He died at the hospital. 
And the next morning, the guy who stabbed him was, uh, he was allowed to just go free. They didn't even arrest him. Um, he showed up and claimed self-defense and there really was no proper investigation done. Um, and to this day, he's, he's out free living his best life. And, uh, you know, and that's from my perspective. I don't know how much pain he's going through, um, you know, having killed my son. But um, from from a perspective of a father of someone who's been who's died violently and the killer was allowed to go free without any trial, any arrest or any charges or anything like that. Um, that's that's been something that uh, for me has uh, attributed to the pain of the history of being um, black in America. Uh, a part of, uh, we're, we're told, and I believe it's Dr. Uh, Joy DeGruy who says that, and, and, and I'm going to paraphrase some of the things that she says here, but uh, she says that being black in America is, uh, is, is knowing what it is to be born into post-traumatic stress disorder. Are, are, are being born into something that 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 where you live and you exist in PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, she she has this uh, called uh, post-traumatic slavery disorder. So mm. um, just that that's part of why Black History Month means so much to me is because this is not the things that black people have experienced in this life, even though they've been. Um, so uh, oppressed throughout the history of the United States. At times we take, you know, Black History Month, we take a moment just to recognize the achievements uh, also of Black Mm. people, uh, as well as the uh, also recognizing the oppression that these achievements have been accomplished through. And so, you know, that's, that's a part of why it means so much to me. It's not uh, you know, I'm I'm not the guy who runs around. You know, I'm, I'm you know saying I'm black, so I'm better than you. Um, you know, or melanin make, makes me better than you. Um, but it's recognizing that through all of the struggles, um, that there still have been accomplishments by black people in this in this country, you know, in the United States and and throughout the world, mm-hmm. um, in spite of all of that. Wow, uh, man! I'm first of all, I, di- I didn't know that, Reese, and I'm I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I just wow. Um, man, I love you. <laughs> That's all I can say is <laughs> I I love you so much. Um, I wow. I I think that that's a really um, helpful way to think about Black History Month in the sense of of being able to celebrate achievements um, despite you know this. I have heard uh, that that concept of being born into post uh, traumatic stress disorder from being enslaved as a people yeah. for i've i've uh, i think that that's probably what i have gathered from i mean almost every friend of mine who's african american um who is from the, you know is uh, um i guess shared with me their their feelings on this matter it seems like all of them have um have express similar feelings of like, Hey, there's challenge. It's, it's not easy. It's, you know, you see the injustices on a regular basis or, or just blatant racism, you know? Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. So that's, I, I, it is interesting though, because I, I did listen to a podcast. Um, gosh, I think it was maybe two weeks ago. And it was, uh, I can't remember who it was, but it was an African American um, thinker, philosopher who was really not a fan of Black History Month. But it was yeah. the same thing. It was like this <laughs> tension of, uh, of you know, um, why do we get, why do we have to do this once, once a month? Shouldn't we celebrate this, you know, celebrate our achievements all year long? And, but at the end of it, it was kind of like the same thing where it's like, well, let's take this as an opportunity, you know? And um, I think that that's the challenge because I think it was, I can't remember which uh, podcast it was, but I've had numerous people say no one wants to be a token. Yeah. You know, and, and that's true. of every human being out there. Like, uh, in fact, I, I think I was sharing how I got asked to be a part of a, of a panel one time and I was the token dude. And I was just like, Hey, like <laughs> I have more to offer yeah. uh, than just being a male. Uh, but, but I do think though, that it's, it is a really kind of a, an interesting opportunity to celebrate and to, and to also talk about, um, things that don't get talked about a lot. And, and I, I really appreciate, you know, again, you taking the time to do that. Um, I want to ask you this question, um, which I think will go into some, some of your passions, but, you know, you talk about films, like there's certain films that you, you, um, can't even watch or when you watch you have this sense of like i don't know you you want to go um you know jokingly enact justice but on a, on a real like yeah i think um you want to actually participate in making the world better um because i i feel that way that movies movies films especially um and then in a lot of music too it has a way to to tell a story visually or artistically that is very persuasive um, and it, and it like, I don't know, we get wrapped up in that story because I think of any of the movies that have come out in the last, um, you know, last 10 years that have kind of highlighted the plight of African-Americans or just people of color in general. I, I always, it's so moving where it's like, gosh, I don't want to just live my life. Like everything's hunky dory and it's good to go and blah, blah, blah. Um, so talk to me about the power of art in, in, in your, like how you think about um, social justice and um, the role of the church and why is it that oftentimes Christians have in the last however long it's been been not very good at uh, being creative and artistic without yeah. stealing what the world makes. I know that's a lot, a lot right there, but I'd love to have you yeah. flesh that out a little bit more, the power of art and, uh, and, you know, maybe talk a little bit more about your music. Oh, man. So there's... Uh, so a little part of my history, I grew up, uh, you know, like I was telling you, Donnell in the, the last podcast was mentioning about mm -hmm. how he grew up apostolic. I was like, oh, man, those, those are some some areas where we share this, uh, this, this, uh, you know, share in common where we've come from, mm -hmm. uh, both come from these apostolic backgrounds, um, these, uh, you know, apostolic holiness pentecostal backgrounds <laughs> yeah, where, yeah you know especially the jesus only type you know environment totally. where yeah everything that you sing everything that you write everything that you talk about is supposed to be uh you know uh, about jesus and it's 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 got to be about jesus and if it's not about jesus then it's wrong you know that's that's the type of environment that um I was kind of raised in um, my parents specifically, they, they tried to nurture us in a way where we weren't completely stuck in that type of mindset 
as mm-hmm. what was taught to us at church. My father was a was a pastor, but he uh, really, you know, he, he didn't make it a point to uh, try to drive it into our head all the time. Hey, this needs to be about Jesus. That you know, that needs to be about Jesus. He he would let us kind of you know uh, exercise our 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 freedom in in various ways, lis- listening to different music and things like that. But um, what I've found in in relation to the church, um, especially the church today, um, much of what we want to hear and much of what we pay attention to, much of what we support, often we look for positivity. Mm-hmm. We look for this, um, we, we look for inspiration. We want something to inspire us to, uh, to feel good about God, you know, and um, while that's great, I have no problems with that. But oftentimes, uh, as in our pursuit of inspiration and our per- pursuit of, of positive worship and, and, and all of this uh, that we do, um, we often close our eyes to the justice that God is uh, trying to allow us to participate in. So we we are often blind to what God is doing and what mm-hmm. he's looking for us to participate in um, because we're seeking this single aspect of God um, that we think, you know, is a totality of who he is to us, where we know that God is love. We, we know that God is also um, a just God. And there is a way to have them both. There is a way to have justice and love in the in the in the same uh in in the same uh environment um we just haven't been so great at it because we've we've you know over the years we've come to this sort of um idea that anything that we speak out uh and pursue justice in that there is no love in it when in reality there's plenty of love there's plenty mm-hmm. of passion. There's plenty of compassion in the pursuit of justice. And so when we look at art and we look at how art relates to the church and how um, the church often, you know, whether it, it engages or doesn't engage art that's, uh, you know, justice forward. Um, we find that, you know, a lot of times those aren't the those aren't the things that we're really looking for as mm. um the church is concerned so so the reason why I went back to say that my my upbringing and my um experience as a child kind of you know, that that was kind of what set the the tone for me to live a life that was kind of like yeah everything has to be about Jesus all the songs that I write have to be worship songs mm. you know you know, and that's in, in, and so the early part of my life, it was either that it was going to be worship music. And if I was going to dabble in anything else, it was going to be love songs. Um, you know, <laughs> and so, and so uh, <laughs> over the past, you know, 10, 12 years or so, um, really the, the spirit of God has really been working in my life um, mm. in various ways in the face of many obstacles in the face of much turmoil in the face of much heartbreak. Um, still the spirit of God has been moving, uh, in my life, 
to allow me to then uh, produce and um, f- produce music, produce uh, even write even a lot of my social media, the things that I post on mm-hmm. social media are often are, are oftentimes inspired by the perspective that I see through through the through the the strength and the power of the Holy Spirit to allow me to see a different side of things other than what Mm. the church is normally used to, Mm -hmm. you know, because when it comes to um, issues regarding police brutality, um, years ago we're told, hey, don't say anything, don't don't speak up on anything. Uh, We got to have a full investigation first uh, before we say anything about what's happened in the Mike Brown case or our, uh, the Trayvon Martin case. And, and I, I was pretty consistent with that. I, I was like, well, I, I need to see what happened before I really say anything about it. But in the last year, this George Floyd case, um, when that happened, it was so visible for all of us. And, and, and I don't, I don't think I've, I've come across a single person that didn't see how hor- horrific that situation was. Um, when that happened, that was one of those situations where it was like, we don't need to wait for an investigation. This is wrong. This isn't right. Um, no matter who you are, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was just so evident to us. And I, and I think that was something that really broke for the church. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it, I, I started to see people in the church, people in the vineyard, people outside of the vineyard, evangelicals or, were speaking mm-hmm. up about this situation they weren't waiting for a full investigation they weren't mm-hmm. waiting for you know any of that to go on since we've all kind of uh, you know since the summer we've all kind mm-hmm. of uh, 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 kind of headed back to our bases or whatever in, in, in mm-hmm. some things have, have changed in that regard but for a moment I saw where the whole world was touched in some way mm-hmm. by something that well, took you, place I mean you saw you saw police officers taking part in oh yeah um, you know in peaceful protests uh, like that to me was a was a significant yeah uh, i think ramon said something a couple uh, episodes ago that i has stuck with me in fact i've talked about it last week in, my, in one of my in my sermon about how he said something along the lines of like you can't love people without nuance like without yeah. nuance you can't love people and it's such a cuz we live in this world now it's so polarized so yes. um polemical right like yes. um for you to acknowledge that there is police brutality or there are um systemic racism you know issues that are ingrained in society or culture or that there are bad police officers it's like people depending on what side of the coin they're on yeah. like lose their mind and they can't oh, yeah. say oh no we're not saying that every police officer is evil or that every single thing in our culture is race you know i just think that what you're saying is so important for us to um to i guess lean into um because i think part of it may have something to do with what you're hinting at uh, not hinting at what you're saying is that we have a desire in the church and i think this is wrong where we just want to be positive just talk about good thing like lament we just avoid that at all costs (laughs) especially american evangelicalism right like we just don't talk about that yeah. Like, can we just do three fast songs and clap? Can yeah. we just do that? Yeah. You know? Let's lift the spirit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a spirit of heaviness. Let's lift the <laughs> spirit of heaviness. Now, now for, and here's, here's one of the things, here's, here's one of the realities of the situation uh, or of my life. Um, 
so for a good portion of my life, I've been a wor- a, a, a worship uh, leader as well. And um, the the church that I was in for 20 years, I led worship there as a predominantly mm-hmm. black congregation. It wasn't really a multi-ethnic congregation. It was predominantly black um, and African-American. Um, so what I found is that oftentimes I, I would show up and it'd be like, man, it just feels so heavy. Mm. It feels so heavy. And so my goal mm. then would would be to lift the spirit. Lift him up out of the miry clay, bro. Yeah, of the congregation, right? <laughs> lift, the, lift the spirit of the congregation. Yeah, we need to get out of this heaviness and worship the Lord. Mm. And, and so let's 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 worship the Lord. Let's lift our hands. Uh, you know, let's let's shout for joy. Let's do all of that. And um in the last few years, I've become more and more aware um that that in the church, that use of worship to, to rid us of a spirit of heaviness or what we call a spirit of heaviness mm-hmm. um, can often, often be misdirected, mm-hmm. you know, rather than acknowledging the source of the heaviness, rather than acknowledging mm-hmm. that uh, there's something that is weighing on these people's hearts. And how do we minister to that? rather than get them to a place of exuberance. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's actually, it's yeah. almost manipulative, right? It's it is. It is. Yeah. 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 It is. Yeah, almost. It is. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is. And that's, that's been something that we've done. Um, you know, and, and that's, you know, the, 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 the docu-series, um, the black church, the one mm-hmm. on, on, on BBS and, and mm-hmm. man, I love it. I watched the whole thing and I was, I was, uh, I was really inspired by it, but that's one of the things that, that I've come to recognize within the black church is that much of our worship styles, much of what we, um, have done throughout, um, our history has been really to, combat or deal with this um depression from oppression um this this uh sense of this you know post-traumatic stress disorder that Mm -hmm. many black people experience here in the united states um you know there's there's uh there's so much that we've done uh in the church to fight that that often that 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 now in my life at this point in my life having experienced the things that I've experienced, and it, because it's crazy, man, Luke. Um, over the twenty years that I was with um, the, the the my previous church, Victory Baptist Church, um, over the twenty years that I was there, um, I would hardly miss anything. Mm-hmm. I was I was there all the time. I I was there front and center ready to ready to work and um in in the last you know the the last couple of years of that the last year or two after my son was was uh was killed um I just I I couldn't go to church hmm. I I I couldn't even go to um to my home congregation um, I found that I was, I was, I, 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 I did find that I can go to other churches, I could, you know, go sit in another, um, you know, 
congregation, but my own home church, I, I struggled to do that. And the reason, well, part of the reason was that there were just so many memories of my son there. And mm. um, me struggling through that, me, you know, dealing with anxiety, dealing with depression, dealing with all those things as a, as a direct result of the things that went on with my son, um, it, it, it was a challenge. And part of the challenge, even even going to other churches, I found it, it was a it was a bit of a challenge. Um, and part of that challenge was that uh, there was this excitement, there was this exuberance that in the black church, this is what you experience. And a lot of people who who aren't black will go to black churches mm-hmm. just because they love the environment. They yeah, love the music. Is they, is they off love the chain music? And, yeah, yeah, all of that. And so there's this excitement. There's this this uh, exuberance, this this sense of joyfulness that uplifts the soul. And when I found that I was, when I was in my, my, my deepest, most difficult time after the, the death of my son, I found that to be uncomfortable. I found mm-hmm. that to be uncomfortable because I was in a place of lament. I was mm-hmm. in a place of um, grief Um I was in a place of sorrow and mm. even anyone that tried to speak to me and tell me, you know, God's got a plan. Like that was the worst thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 God's yeah. got a plan. Like, you know, that was the worst thing to say to me at that time was God's got a plan. And mm. um, during that time, I, I also realized how many times I had, you know, probably said the same thing yeah, uh, yeah. to people in the past, but it really, you know, it, dealing with that in that in that time, it was it was difficult. It was it was a real mm. struggle to um, to hear all the positivity. It was a struggle to mm. hear, um, you know, uh, people say things that weren't, um, you know, along the lines of justice. That weren't along the lines of of you know. Um, civil rights or you know so so really my my ear became kind of attuned to um anything that that spoke to what i was going through Mm -hmm. anything that tried to get me out of what i was going through i really didn't want it it was like i was in this place where it was it was filled with sorrow filled Mm -hmm. with um with pain it was filled with grief um and I didn't want anybody to try to get me out of that. Really, what I what I wanted to do was to lament, and to so sit in that, and yeah, to process that. Okay, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I and I think oftentimes what we don't do, and it's 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 part of our own indoctrination, right? It's our it's it's what we've we've learned to do. Um, is we we fail to lament, we fail to spend some time in that grief, we fail to spend some time in that sorrow, we fail to to spend a significant portion of time dealing with the issues that we're dealing with, rather than trying to um, ignore them, because that's mm. it's kind of a knee jerk reaction. Okay, this mm-hmm. this happened, so now let's praise God and feel better. Um, when in all reality, it, yeah, yeah, it, it's it's much more than that. It's 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 not, mm. you know, we limit we limit God to mm-hmm. to this this uh, 
exuberance and this joyfulness. But God, I, I was thinking about this scripture where 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 Jesus, uh, uh, where 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 in in the in the text said if if if, uh, if you make your your bed in hell, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm there with you. And that that portion of of the text was stuck in mm-hmm. my head. I think it was yesterday. Like if mm-hmm. you make your bed in hell, I'm there with you. Yeah. And a lot of mm. times it's it, it, instead of knowing that he's there with us and just sitting in that and allowing him to be there with us, um, we want to change where we are because we think he's there. Like he's there in the exuberance. He's there in the mm-hmm. joyfulness. He's there in the celebration, mm-hmm. but he can't be here in my grief. Mm-hmm. And so, um, that, I think that's probably one yeah. of the most important, um, things that we, like, I'm thinking in the vineyard, which, you know, you're in the vineyard movement, I'm in the vineyard movement. Um, but I think maybe for charismatics in general, like the nature of the kingdom of God, you know, we yeah. seem to like associate the now, you know, we always talk about the now and the not yet or the yeah. inaugurated yeah. eschatology, right? Like, it seems like we can, we, we, we have a way of saying the kingdom now equals here. Um, but when it's not yet, it's not here. And, um, yeah. but there's, there's this really, so in, in, um, theological circles, um, when I was doing my, when I was in grad school, I was exploring the, they call it liminal spaces or liminality. Mm-hmm. And I started wondering like, where is, um, which I always thought that that word just feels so weird to say liminality. It sounds like a delicious cocktail. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Get you some liminality. Uh, I, and it's funny. I just was talking, uh, Andy Squires. I don't know if you listen to Andy Squires. I think that's how you pro- pronounce his last name. He's a worship leader. Yeah. Um, yeah. Andy, uh, he just tweeted this morning something about, uh, let's see, what did he say? Shout out to Andy. Uh, he said, He's talking about the definition of the presence of God. And I um, told him, I said, this is where liminality becomes a thing. You know, where, where when we think about the kingdom of God and, and the presence of God, I don't know if we really have fleshed out how God is present in our sorrow and in, in yeah. our grief and in, our, in the shield, um, the hell, um, when we make our bed in that space. Yeah. And, and, I, and I wonder why. I, I, I think part of it probably is because we're Americans and we like Happy Meals and fast food. <laughs> and Right? Because everything yeah. you just described about the church is m- like my memory of childhood. It's like, yeah. you know, lift, your, lift yourself out of the miry clay um, and God will lift you as well. It, it was just always just like, be happy. You know, don't worry. Be happy. Yeah. Everything's going to be okay. And if you're happy, that's God. And if you're not happy, then you must be given in to the enemy or, you know, whatnot. But, but anybody who goes through challenges in life where they have to face grief, like in your situation with the loss of your son, I, I'm in this situation right now where my dad has stage four cancer. That's why like, I've been in Minnesota yeah. last, when we were trying to do this last time. So I've been going back to Minnesota every, um, every couple of weeks to spend time with my dad. And, and, you know, we're praying and we're hoping for healing, but it's also been so challenging because of the constant up and down um, nature of his health. And he goes to the hospital and then he's back home and it's just been, been the worst. And you just said it, like, I now realize how in the past I've pastored many people who have had cancer, who have had 
family members, it's totally different when it's you. Yeah. It's totally different. And you start to realize that the things that you thought were helpful aren't. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it's almost like I'm, I've, I've really had to reassess. Um, cause I've, I've had the theology, I think mentally, like, cause I, you know, I've been exploring the liminality, like where is like, we have this now and not yet. Well, how is God present in that? And that word and is a very particular word. Yeah. Um, where is God at work? What is he doing? And how is he, how can we, um, I guess, bless and partner with what his work is. And so I think what you're, you're hinting at when it comes to lament, grief, and sorrow is something that um, we are not good at in our culture. Like, it's like we've been conditioned and we're being shaped to avoid pain and suffering. Yeah. Um, you know, so how, how do you, how do you think we can get better at that? Like, what are, what are some things that, that you've done that have helped you um, become more, aware of God's presence in that, or, you know, like, can you, can you flesh that out a little bit for us? Do you have any, any insights or observations? Yeah. For, for me, it, having that experience, um, <laughs> it was, it was the first time in my life having the reality or living the reality that God can be present in my life that I can still faithfully believe and trust God and still be in a place of depression. Mm -hmm. That's one of the areas mm -hmm. where I've heard it preached over and over again. You, you, you know, if, if mm -hmm. you're depressed, there's something wrong. You're not trusting mm -hmm. God. You're not believing God. And um, I've been asked, like, did you, did you ever stop believing God? Did you ever stop trusting God? Mm -hmm throughout that in, in my answer is no, no, God is the one that I went to. And, and, and really what became more clear to me in that experience was the Psalms and how David spoke to God in his, his most difficult challenging mm -hmm. times where it almost seems like he's, he's got this, uh, uh, multiple personality disorder type thing going on where <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I'm, I'm, true. I'm, I'm upset with you. I'm upset with you. I'm mad at you, but I, I, you know, I love you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's like, like, Lord, where are you? Save me, Lord. Yeah. The water's up to my neck. Yeah. I love you. And I love you so much. And you're yeah. such a good God. Yeah. It's yeah. True. <laughs> Your love never fails. You know? yeah. and that's yeah. kind of, that's, that's where I found myself in, in that place. And it was, it was a really um, strange and unique place to be in. Um, and, 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 you know, it's, <laughs> it, mm. it's, it's one of those things where you really can't understand it until you experience it. Mm -hmm. You really, you really can't fully understand it until you experience it. You can read as many books as you want to mm -hmm. and, 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 and all of that, but you really can't, fully understand what it means to be in that place, knowing mm -hmm. that God is there and knowing that sorrow is still there too. Mm. Knowing that God is there, knowing that grief is there, knowing that God is there in that moment of lament, in that moment of grief, in that moment of anger. Like I'm talking anger. Like we, we found out it was uh, about, I would say a good eight months after 
uh, our son was killed, that we were told that they would not be seeking prosecution or anything and that they 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 didn't have uh they 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 weren't confident enough to get a prosecution out of a case if they pursued it and for me that was i was angry hmm. i was angry i was upset i was marching and yelling and i mean we <laughs> I, I I was I was angry. I was angry. Um but at the same time there in, in the midst of that anger knowing that God is there with you like just knowing that God is there hmm. in in a time where your deepest anger is present, you know, your your deepest sense of anger mm-hmm. is 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 present, your frustration it, and and the thing was, I I never lost faith in God. I lost a lot of faith in men, uh, but mm-hmm. I never lost faith in God. And yeah. I lost a lot of faith in our judicial system here in the United States. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was something that was like, man, this is worse than I thought it was. I always knew there were some issues, but this is worse than I thought mm-hmm. it was. And um, through all of that, um, you know, that that's that's part of what pushed me. And I, I told you earlier, I was, I was you know, I, I came to the, to, to the vineyard two years ago, not because the vineyard attracted me, um, just because I sensed the Lord was leading me, uh, there mm-hmm. to Richcrest Vineyard Church and, and going there and, and getting to know more about the vineyard and seeing how the vineyard had developed a social justice network. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, there were, there were various people involved in different things, Phil Strout and, the things he's he's been doing and Gino and you know all these different people and I was like wow you know this is this is cool this is cool for a predominantly white uh movement to even be remotely interested in these things that said a lot to me that said that said a lot mm-hmm. and um like I said that's not what attracted me but there, uh to the vineyard but that was one of the things that really stood out to me so mm-hmm. um in that I saw a people that um, were moving towards um, were moving in the direction of leaving this whole idea of uh, replacing uh, you know times of lament or grief with joy and exuberance and all that kind of stuff. It it just it it felt more real to me. It felt mm. more real to me than I had witnessed in a lot of other churches. Um, mm-hmm. especially predominantly white churches. And um, yeah, so that, that, that was, was something that I, that I saw there um, even prior in, in, in just getting back to the initial question, like how, how does, um, how does the church, uh, as far as art and things, um, how is, uh, is that related to the church and how does the church deal with that? Um, for myself, there was a song that, that, that I wrote back then I put it out. I, I released it and all of that. It's called freedom is overrated. And, um, really speaking to the plight of people in America, not just black people. Um, but people in general, like the things that, <laughs> that we, that we give up in the name of this pursuit of, of freedom. Some of the things that we make exception to, we say, Oh, well, we're the freest people in the world. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, and so this song kind of like speaks to that. And it was, it was a song I wrote right after, um, you know, this, this experience with my, my, well, well, shortly after a few months, probably a couple months after. And, um, it was just this expression of what I was experiencing and what I was witnessing. Um, and, um, you know, said a lot about what was, was going on, uh, at that time in my life and what's going on now, um, mm-hmm. in this country, just in the last, in the last year, so many people have been exposed to, um, the idea that this, this sense of freedom that we've been living with this thing that we call freedom is not as secure as we thought it was, mm-hmm. regardless of where you sit politically, regardless of where you sit racially or ethnically, um, you know, this, this idea of freedom, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's not as set in stone as we, as we thought mm. it was, you know, I think a lot of that's, people, that's what's, that is really interesting about, um, to me. Um, so my, my political cards on the table, I'm always like, oh, I think they're all crazy. Like yeah. the extreme right <laughs> and the extreme left to me are the same thing. Um, but yet different, you know, and that's what I think is so interesting is how, there's a lot, we have a lot more in common in actuality. If we really spent time getting to mm-hmm. talk and to, um, and to hear each other, we, you'll find human beings actually have a lot more similarities than they do differences. Not always, but that's, that's kind of what I've, that's what I've really loved about. Um, I was thinking about just the other day when, when I started um, doing this podcast, it actually started because COVID-19 had happened and I was mm-hmm. sitting in my room all the time and i was like man what am i gonna do (laughs) i gotta gotta do something so i thought hey i'll just start doing this podcast and then season one last year was terrible because i only did like i don't even know how many episodes but i just did not do it very consistently um because i think we were all just depressed and in isolation (laughs) fatigue and all stuff but uh but i've really loved the conversations and getting to hear other people's perspectives on things and it's been been really fun um but I, but you're you're thinking about art and music and film and then social justice is really, really kind of cool because it, it, like I can again I see how it all intersects for you, you know it's not like it's this is this is one thing and then this is the other, oh yeah but it's all it's all connected so here's uh, the here I want here's the challenge for you for you right now to how do you connect food because I'm looking at your social media <laughs> just for anybody just by the way if you're if you're on Twitter or on Instagram you can follow Reese um, by his uh, his handle on both Twitter and Instagram is at third man music um, but I'm, I'm looking at your Facebook page right here and you gave your feta pasta that you made the picture here. You said it was a two out of five. <laughs> I would I would eat this all day long. It looks amazing. Uh, so I know you're passionate about food, um, yeah. and I think you are. An ex- I see you've been involved in food services. Yeah, so I actually own a, a food service yeah. uh, business as well. So um, that's just something that uh, my wife and I um, through the pandemic. It was actually through the pandemic we mm. we opened. Um, oh, that's and, great. which is, which is crazy, right? You know, all these, yeah, everybody else closing. is closing and, and you're like, <laughs> and let's do it. We're over here. Well, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things where, um, I've al- always heard that recession is, uh, the, the best time for entrepreneurship. 
And I've heard so, that too. Yeah. Uh, know, and we, and we so, got they got to eat. They got to eat. <laughs> people have to eat. People have to eat, and um, especially with with travel restrictions and all the various things, you know, um, people want good food in their backyard. You know, they want it right there at home. And so um, that's, that's what we did. We brought that to, to Ridgecrest, to our area, the Indian Wells Valley. And um, it's been going great. It's been going, mm. you know, really well. And um, thanks be to God, you know, it, it was, it was really something that was birthed out of, uh, um, you know, out of our own, our own, you know, enjoyment over the years. Um, we've always enjoyed good food. I mean, I, I grew up, my mom was one of the best cooks that I've ever, uh, come across. And she taught me, uh, as much as she could, um, as a child. And, um, so food has been a passion of mine. I worked in a restaurant, you know, for the, a few years and, um, it's it's just been something I've been passionate about. Always in my own kitchen, feeding my kids, my mm. sons, um, my son Malik, the one that uh, was killed. He he was uh, he was a big guy, and he was a big guy for a reason. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he cooked a lot of food at home. He was fed and, well. <laughs> yeah, he was fed well, <laughs> and and so um, that was just something that. Uh, over the years, we had talked about, hey, you know, one day we want to open a cafe or we want to do something. And um, just right there back in uh, 2019, we were in service one day. And in, 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 uh, um, as uh, we finished up with service and uh, we were leaving uh, Sunday service, um, my wife turns to me and she's like, I'm sure that I heard from the Lord day in, in worship service and mm. just, you know, where he said, just get, just, just do it. Just, just start putting it together. I don't know how far it is, how far out it is, but just do it. Just start writing a plan. And, you know, now is the time. So we started like that night we went home and we just started sharing our ideas with each other, writing out our plans. We, you know, sent our uh, uh, application to the, the state for the LLC and, um, mm-hmm. all of that. Right. And, um, right there at the, the, the first week of the new year, um, we had the intention of opening a, a, you know, a brick and mortar restaurant. That was our intention. Mm-hmm. It was like, okay, summer of 2020, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to jump in. And, um, right there at the new year, uh, uh, uh an acquaintance of mine, uh, who's grown to be a friend, um, had he had a food truck a food you know a, a mobile food trailer and he had just put out that he was closing up shop he was done he couldn't you know do it anymore and so my wife was like call him call him <laughs> and, and, and see what's going on and so i called him up and we talked about it and said okay let's do it and wow. uh so instead of us opening a brick and mortar we got a, a food trailer out of it oh, a wow. mobile kitchen and uh, so we purchased this you know, mobile kitchen. It was like it was hell to get it open because everything was closed for COVID. So mm-hmm. um, it it took us until July 11th, uh, I believe. Uh, July 11th. So July 10th had to be the first day that we received our permit to operate. July 11th was the first day that we were open, and um, that was 
summer 2020 what we mm. expected, but um, we expected it to be a, a brick and mortar, but it ended up being a, a food um, trailer. And do you, so do you do you drive that to like specific locations? Yeah, so people come and buy. Yeah, so lunch? what's cool? What's cool right now is that we set up in front of uh, a tap room, uh, breweries, like wineries, like okay. places like that. Yeah, right yeah. now we're still yeah. all outside, right? So we set up like that, and it's. I mean, it's been working out great. Um, it, Man, I'm so you know, hungry right for now. Us. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, oh. so yeah, it's and it's crazy, man. And and one of the things I can say is like, people really love our food, and mm. and I don't, I don't really toot my own horn, but I'm, I'm a good cook. You know, I'm. I'm, I'm gonna toot it for you. I'm, I just based on the picture. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. When I when I saw this. This uh, two out of five, I was like, I would, I am so hungry for that right now. Uh, in fact, I'm just gonna look at just any of you people watching this on YouTube. That right there. That's yeah. It. Uh, what so? What kind of yeah. food do you uh, do you make? I mean, is it a little bit of everything, or is there a certain specific style? So it's ethnic fusion cuisine. We okay. do a blend and a mix of everything that's out there that we can get our hands on, and we try mm -hmm. to do it in a respectable way. To where we are paying homage to the to the ethnicities and the cultures that we are borrowing wow, from, cool. or we're blending. Um, yeah. So, so we, fusion, fusion is that yes. like kind of the, the style? It's like where you you take it and then you kind of add your own. Yes. Your own vibe. Yeah, we'll take it. And we'll we'll add some influences together. Like we'll add South American influences with mm, with Asian cool. influences. Are you know just various things that that we that we see as cohesive dishes. Um, and we borrow from, you know, from these various I things. Am I'm so hungry right now. I, I myself am just a whole mix of everything. Um, you know, I, I identify as black because that's what you see and that's what yeah. you get. But <laughs> my, my grandmother was Mexican. Um, okay. my, my mother is, uh, or was Creole. And so in her family was a blend of Mexican, mm -hmm. Haitian and, you know whatever else was involved there um you know what i just heard was lots of good food because oh, every yeah. one of those yeah. every one yeah. of those uh ethnic cultures has like amazing food yeah lots of good food lots of lots of uh culture all of that was just mm. you know that that's what our life was so um you know having those influences really opens up a lot of creative doors for us uh as far as the culinary world is concerned and, and mm. um it's it's i mean it's fun it's it's fun to just come wow. up with these different things and so so is that is that like your primary vocation right now is food trailer um every, most days of the week um and then you're also no so that, that's that's the weekend oh. gig <laughs> oh that's your weekend gig. <laughs> that's okay. the weekend gig um, wow. so so i'm also a, a realtor as well so, okay. so yeah, cool. so I, I work as a realtor as well. So, um, and my wife, she's a she's an an, an educator. She's a school administrator, a oh, CEO wow. of awesome. a charter school. So, cool. Um, you know, we we find ourselves busy with that, and then we yeah, I was gonna say you sound crazy busy. Yeah, yeah. So that's why, like today, I was like, hey, we got to do this before, uh, yeah. you know, whatever time, because that's where I'll be tonight. You know, this yeah. evening. So. Um, yeah, so those are those are you know that's why I'm so passionate about that. And one of the things I wanted to say is that, um, you know, 
one of the things that I recognize from the beginning of, of us opening back in January is that God's blessing has just been so on our food. Like, you know, mm. I, I was saying, like, I, I, I don't toot my own horn. I, I know I'm a good cook. I'm confident in it. Um, but I've just noticed that God's favor has been on what we put out. Because there's times I put out something, I'm like, man, you know, I'm, uh, this is not exactly what I'm wanting to put out. And just, you know, people are just falling over it. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, it, it's it's crazy because I, I told my wife, like, we should never worry about what we're putting out. We know we're putting out the best quality that we can. And then God's blessing that on top of that to where, you know, people's minds are being blown away by this food. And so I, I, I do give honor and glory to God for that, you know, mm. for just working in that and moving and blessing our business in that way, in the midst of a pandemic of all things. Yeah. That's crazy. You know? That's amazing. So, um, you, I, again, I, I think that the intersection, the integration, the congruency in your life is really inspiring, um, you know, because I, I just see how everything, everything in your life to me, it just all, it all fits. You know, like you talk about art, music, food, because food is art. I, yeah. I believe now with all my, I, I can cook enough things, like I can cook some things pretty well, um, but I can tell when I'm around people who are actual legit artists you know i mean they make things that look like this like your plate of food i'm like <laughs> mine's like yeah so i just i just i really love that about about uh about you man about you yeah. it just is like everything is is integrated and there's this really focus on the kingdom and the justice of the kingdom and and wanting to um worship and create art in a way that's inspiring and, and i just i i think it's super super cool to uh to know that you're a part of a the movement that i'm a part of um but b but just somebody who you know is is uh, i look up to you and i'm inspired by so thank you for being you oh man it's it, i'm i'm just i'm blessed to have uh, you know all of those things uh come together in my life you know that's 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 just it's a it's a blessing you know i i know i i'm i'm aware that um with all the with all the struggles and all the the things that I've experienced throughout life, um, I'm still aware that I'm blessed. You know, mm -hmm. I'm still still aware that I am that I am blessed. That God has allowed me to um, connect and intersect in, in in all these different ways and areas with so many different things and people. There's so many different things uh, and people that have influenced my life in such a great way and. Um, I, I take from that, you know, I, 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 I take from that and I, and even in pain, even in sorrow, um, I've, I've learned to, to use that and allow that to, to grow me, you know, mm. and to, and to allow me to develop in, in the, the process of all of that. Like I, I said, mm. you know, before, I, I think, one of the biggest, greatest disservices that we do to ourselves is that we skip grief. We skip lament when there's so much opportunity to grow through those mm -hmm. things. Um, you can grow in grief. You know, you can, you can grow in a time of lament. You mm -hmm. can grow and you can grow in a time where you are angry 
that's an opportunity to grow. That's an opportunity mm-hmm. uh, to to develop. And, and um, if we skip that, you know, mm-hmm. we, we, I think that that is that is such an important thing for us as followers of Jesus to hear. You know, is that yeah, that all these different spaces in our life. Are uh, like I, I like to you know this is theology nerd time, but I like to think of them as like pneumatological spaces where the Holy Spirit works in our anger, in our situations of or moments of anger or or conflict, right? Like one of the first examples in the early church uh, in, in Acts chapter six, you know there was a conflict between the Hebrew Jews and the Greek Jews, right? The yes. Hellenistic Jews, and it's yes. like that was an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to work, and then out of that conflict comes a really good. Uh, it actually was a social oh, yeah. justice, right? There was yeah. a movement to take care of people who were not being taken care of. And, and exactly. so, um, yeah, I, I think what you're saying is good. So here's the deal. Um, I love everything you're doing and I love, uh, I love you. And I'm so thankful for uh, just connecting. Um, huge fan. Uh, I want to have you on again uh, in the near future. And I, since I know that we've, um, we both have discovered that there are times during the week where we can do this again, yeah. let's do another episode <laughs> and let's talk about, I'd like to talk more about worship with you. I, I think, oh, you, yeah. yeah, I mean, we, we kind of touched, we, we got into a little bit of it today, but um, I'd love to have more of that. Um, but okay. So if people want to stay connected with you, um, again, it's on the screen here. They can follow you on Twitter. They can also follow you on Instagram. Um, if they're in your city, which is what city now again? I'm, I'm in Ridgecrest, California. Ridgecrest, California. If yes. they're in town, they can also eat some of your food on the weekends. Oh yeah, yeah. Because okay. I'm I'm not even kidding. You're gonna, I'm going to I'm going to make a eight or nine hour drive to get down to you. I'm going to have some of this food. It's going to happen. Um, but do, uh, how would they find out? Do you have a website? Is there some way to, do you go to a certain places? Do you post your schedule? Oh yeah. We're, we're on, we're on uh, social media. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook, uh, okay. Ven communal. So it's V E N communal. Um, that's, that's our, our handle on, on uh, Instagram and Twitter at Ven communal. Okay. Okay, and that's how you you can let people know where the tasty food's going to be. Yeah, yeah, we we put that out there, and, and and really we're you know we're we're still at this point we have really seriously been pursuing a a brick and mortar. We're looking forward to mm. the end of COVID, and yeah. uh, and really you know want to establish our our uh, our, our restaurant as well. And uh, you know we we have right. some big dreams. We have big dreams, mm. and and uh, I. Everything else we've endeavored to do, God has met us there. Um, mm. And so we expect the same in, in this as well. That's so amazing. we might we um, might be coming out there to, to Red Bluff at some point <laughs> or to, I, or to Northern California to, to, that'd be to awesome. build a location out there. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, in fact, we'll talk after this, though. I'd love to have you come up here. and uh, Also, your music, though. People can check out your music. Um, again, they can yes. find, find you on Instagram and Twitter. Um, uh, again, it's, uh, third at third man music. Um, man, it's been a real, real pleasure and real honor to be able to have you on the show. Um, Reese, if there's, uh, is there one last thing you, you sign us off? Like what's, what's something you would want to say to all of our viewers and listeners, uh, as the, uh, the culmination of this episode? Um, I, I would say out of anything, uh, that's important to say, um, on, I guess on, on a platform like this with Luke Garrity, um, 
I, I would encourage people that this is probably the most important time uh, in our lives to to listen, to listen. When you when you talk about Black History Month, um, it's an opportunity for us all to listen, um, listen to to what God is saying, listen to what um, some of the voices out there like. Man, Donnell White, man, that that was amazing. And I, I think a lot of people go back and listen to that episode. That's that episode <laughs> is probably better than this one. <laughs> so so they're all good, man. They're all good. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's amazing. So 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 I believe it's a it's an important time to listen. To listen and hear um especially those of us who are in the vineyard. Um where where we often talk about the 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 the, the spirit of God um, moving and 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 uh, we we are the people who say come Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Well, the the Holy Spirit is here and and really speaking to us in this season through various you know using various instruments and various vessels to to deliver a a, a really important word to us and I I think that if we're ever going to come to this point where we talk about racial reconciliation. We talk about all of that. It's it's important that we listen. That we listen. Um, one of one of the, the the most important things for me that I've um, been able to take you know to 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 receive in life is that I haven't just always listened to to black authors. I haven't always just listened to 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 black preachers. I haven't always you know I haven't just been stuck over in a corner. Everything black. I've I've been able to take from white authors, white preachers, white speakers. I've been able to take from from even Asian influences, uh, you know, people who are 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 speaking and 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 what they have to say. Um, Hispanic and Latino, um, uh, Native, uh, First First Nations people. Like I've been able to glean from all of what these people have to say and really look for what God is speaking through these vessels. And I would say that's probably the most important thing to say right now in a time where where many are saying racial reconciliation, let's reconcile. We can't reconcile until we start to listen to each other, Mm. until we get to a point where we can hear God speaking, not only through people that look like us, but through people that don't look like us, people that that seem like they have nothing in common with us. Um, That's that's one of the most important things. Mm, I don't. That's that's a um, great whiz, wisdom right there, Reese. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, everybody who's tuned in, listen. Thank you so much. Um, would love to encourage you to follow and check out Reese's work and his thinking, and um, definitely subscribe, like, share, follow, all those type of things. We'll check you later. Yeah. <laughs>